You're on the Indie Media Show on RTRFM 92.1, The Sound Alternative, and you're hanging in there, I'm sure, listening to the Indie Media Show for some fashion news, which is what we're going to go to now. I'm being somewhat lighthearted. In actual fact, this is a really important story following on from the previous one, which is sadly uh, another expression of the mean-mindedness, the vindictiveness uh, of some in our community. We're talking about modest fashion. Former Prime Minister Tony Abbott has accused the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade of selling out mainstream Australian values with a taxpayer-funded Muslim modest fashion exhibition. Now, in actual fact, uh, this, this idea of modest fashion uh, refers to a, a trend worldwide. It's actually quite a lucrative... Uh, you, you would think the, the liberal, liberal-minded liberal people like uh, Tony Abbott would be seizing upon the, the business opportunity, but instead uh, people like him want to shut this down because they're afraid that it's uh, against mainstream Australian values. Anyway, to talk about this, we had the, the wonderful Aisha Novakovic. I spoke to her earlier this morning in regards to this. She is the CEO of the Perth Modest fashion project look there's this meme that's been going around there's this gorgeous western woman mm-hmm. shall we say scantily clad mm-hmm. juxtaposed with a, a muslim woman in a burqa dressed uh <laughs> black dressed fairly traditionally i guess okay and the Western woman's going, oh, how oppressed. And the Muslim woman's <laughs> looking at the Western woman going, oh, how brainwashed or oppressed or whatever. Mm. Is that is that part of what's so going on totally here? So totally accurate not. <laughs> <laughs> and that meme is quite old, it actually. Is old, yeah. And I've seen, um, I've seen that meme expressed in many different forms. And, you know, isn't that often the case that even on the spectrum of what we call feminism, there are so many divergent views. And um, I can proudly say, I suppose, that, you know, I did uh, do my honours in feminist literary criticism as part of my journey to, um, you know, discover and locate myself um, along that spectrum, and, and one thing I realise is that there are so many dissenting views in that spectrum. But with modest fashion, there is space for those views to emerge and to take on a creative life, because people often say, "Okay, what is modest fashion?" and it's really um, ideologically ideologically loaded with this whole assumption that um, women are forced to cover up but modest fashion is for everyone Um, it's for women it's for men women of many different faiths Um, Muslim women aren't the only ones who choose to cover we have Jewish women who choose to dress a little bit more modestly we have Christian women Um, we even have a Mormon designer on board putting a collection together So this is a really big movement and the numbers really show us that this modest fashion industry is exploding globally. Um, Thomson Reuters puts estimates um, at more than 300 US billion dollars. And guess what? We're here in Perth. We have the power of proximity to Asia. Um, I'm 
half Indonesian, half Yugoslav. And, you know, we all know that Indonesia is just just on our doorstep. But for a lot of people, they don't know that Indonesia um, is the epicentre of hijab fashion and modest fashion. Um, and we have a lot of pioneers like Dian Palangi and other designers who actually... Um, call it refashioned modest fashion in in very vibrant and colorful ways to really militate against that stereotype that muslim women only dress in black burqas or black nothing wrong with black by the way i just want to put on the record <laughs> black, black, black is, is black is beautiful black is classic you know i'm nothing <laughs> against that but certainly um we do have other colors in our wardrobe yeah yeah, which would shock many uh, listeners. Yeah. Well, maybe not your listeners. Because maybe not our No, listeners. because they're very enlightened. But it probably shocks someone like this <laughs> Abbott guy, this funny old <laughs> Abbott guy. So let's... Sorry, who, let, oh, is he still around? <laughs> he's still around. About. We are still talking about like, and You brought not, him up. I did bring him up. But Hello, like this, if you're listening. I, you know, mate, yeah. <laughs> this This psychology of this kind of person okay. is unfortunately your words please don't quote me unfortunately okay, is a little bit too still the dominant kind of view for sure. many of our people and Jeez. the business opportunity points mm. to something that's been suppressed absolutely that actually wants wants right. life so absolutely and what, let's talk about the suppression you know like we need to is, give it oxygen yeah okay yeah so who are these characters T- tell us a bit about this uh recent history in terms Mm. of criticism of this movement? Mm. Oh, okay. Well, what I've seen emerging in this modest fashion debate are several arguments that, um, you know, like with DFAT, for example, recently coming out and stating very clearly that they were funding this modest fashion exhibition to Indonesia and to Malaysia. And... some voices in the community getting up in arms and framing it as a human rights abuse um, premised on this assumption that um, women are forced to cover. Um, And that's certainly not the case Uh, globally. Sure, look, in every community, there are going to be individuals who who do fall into that category category because uh, we are communities of humans with very diverse experiences. But, you know, certainly for someone like me. So I chose to put the scarf on when I was about 12 years old, um, out of choice. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mum being Indonesian and culturally speaking, she didn't really practice Islam to the point where she was covering. She now wears a scarf out of her own choice, but back then we weren't raised with it. Mm -hmm. And my father is actually not a Muslim, he's Greek Orthodox, okay, who never converted to Islam upon marrying my mother. Anyway, put it on, um, put it on um, out of choice. I grew up in Australia under, you know, these weather conditions, also wanting to um, express a particular, you know, subculture of street fashion or wanting to express my own identity. Um, Am I necessarily going to dress exactly the way they do in Indonesia or in the Middle East? No. Um, I wanted to go to the shops and purchase um, clothing that was covering up, you know, the arms a little bit more or the behind. or It's, it's also a matter of personal comfort. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when there's a massive gap in the market, what do you do? You go online, you look at other um, women who are supplying at home, 
now there's an increasing demand. And you know what? It's getting so big that Dolce & Gabbana do uh, a Ramadan collection every year. Gucci um, featured hijab, modest fashion, just two weeks ago. Marc Jacobs did his second one this year. He did his first last year. We've got H&M. We've got Nike, who's come out with um, a branded sports hijab um, modelled by Halima Aden, who is a Somali-American model who wears the scarf. Mm. Okay. So more and more, these big um, fashion houses, Oscar de la Renta, they're coming on board. So when Tony Abbott says that this way when of dressing... Th- sorry, I don't mean to swear. Are you <laughs> said, <laughs> sorry. Did you swear? I don't think you did. <laughs> like, this is the thing, isn't it? Like, we have a, it's not a, outdated. It's not old-fashioned. It is cutting edge. Well, we it's have modern. A, we have a, a business opportunity, Tony oh, sorry, Abbott, but <laughs> that you're, you're suppressing. We, well, you, this is jobs and growth for Australia absolutely. that's actually being crushed. Yes, and why would we do that? Is that un-Australian? If anything, that is so Australian. And the thing is, we are on the doorstep of Asia, yeah. and the 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 Australian brand exudes conf- um, confidence. It exudes or represents quality to overseas buyers. Mm. I mean, we have Indonesia there, the most populous Muslim-majority nation in the world. We've got the MENA region, Middle East and North Africa. We've got China, which in and of itself has about, what, 200 million Muslims on mainland China. Okay, there's a there's a, a ready market. So if anything, um, what we are doing here in Perth is not inconsistent with Australian values. It's anything but. What we represent is um, good Aussie values in terms of quality and we have an amazingly diverse team. (laughs) The statement that that if we call this modest fashion and we promote it, then by default we're saying that women who don't wear a scarf are immodest. Mm. I sort of paused and I thought, huh? Okay, let me try and deconstruct that argument. So if we do that in reverse and we say, so for women who don't cover, right, are we to presume correctly that they consider women who cover to be backwards and oppressed? Is that the way the binary works? Because it has to go both ways. Okay, so I'm immodestly dressed so you're modestly dressed and vice versa and it comes back to that meme you started off with is that necessarily what women think of each other mm. okay well then that's a conversation that they need to, to, to you know to have yeah. and to understand that is an unfair assumption to make and just because I wear a scarf I'm not going around and judging everyone and thinking oh look at you mm. exposing yourself to the sun you know it, it doesn't work that way yeah. Recently appeared on the um, SBS yes. special, Muslims Like Us. Correct. Tell us about that experience. Muslims Like Us. So for listeners out there, it's still on SBS On Demand, wink, wink. Okay. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, you know, when I say to people, uh, you know, the show wasn't like a Muslim Big Brother house, but it was based on this BBC version, uh, Muslims Like Us, in which the whole idea was to take 10 very different Australian Muslims and put them into one house for eight days and just talk it out. And I had my reservations going on to the show in the beginning, right? But I spoke to um, some people I trusted and one said to me, you know, all you really need to do is 
humanize Muslims just a little bit more. Mm. And I thought about that. And I thought, yeah, you know, I live by the saying which goes, a third of people will love you no matter what you do. A third of people will hate you no matter what you do. And then there's a third in the middle. They're the ones who haven't made up their mind yet. And I thought, look, I'm going to go on that show, be myself. And for those viewers who have always been curious and think, okay, what if I could just be a fly on the wall, right, for a a few hours and listen in onto these conversations that Muslims are internally having amongst themselves? Mm. Believe me, it was not scripted. Um, It was very authentic. I believe those voices were very genuine. Um, There was a lot of drama and being, you know, in that environment for eight to nine days straight and being mic'd up 24-7 and having cameras on you, um, that was definitely a very enlightening experience. It felt like being in a pressure cooker. Mm. But I'm very happy with um, what Michael Cordell, Karen and um, the executive producers have done. Michael Cordell, um, who produced the show with his team, he's talented to be one of the best producers in Australia and I I could see that they really took this on board as um, a project where they wanted to authentically represent the diversity within the Muslim community. Mm. Now, the thing is people go, oh, but they didn't have this person, they didn't have that person because we had people who, you know, someone who considered himself agnostic was a cultural Muslim. We had a gay Muslim, we had a bisexual. We had a progressive Muslim, someone who identifies progressive. We had a woman who fully covered in a face veil, you know, and we had a lot in between. Now, obviously, you know, we have more than 500,000 Muslims living in Australia and there's only 10 of us so it's impossible for us to represent everyone and also the 1.6 billion are you sure (laughs) damn it fail (laughs) we could only be ourselves but I think the whole point people shouldn't miss the point that people have these stereotypes that they they refer to one Muslim community as if we're like a monolith Mm. like you wouldn't you wouldn't refer to the Jewish community that way or to the Christian community or to like any community would you say oh the Italian community they're like this Mm. we're all humans we are humans and I think we often can um, dehumanize those who are considered the cultural other so this show just kind of allows you to come into our world for a little bit so this show just kind of allows you to come into our world for a little bit Uh, there was amazing cooking on the show it wasn't a cooking show um, sometimes it was a dance show, actually. <laughs> karaoke uh, was terrible. I feel terrible that I haven't actually was about dancing at karaoke. Oh, my goodness. Wow, <laughs> those moves he pulled, ooh, disturbing. But <laughs> yeah. All right, so this is part of, you know, another thread to it's your mission. thread. Of actually just, Absolutely. like, exposing the, the broader community to, you know, to the diversity in the community. Absolutely. And so tell us yes. where can people find out about Modest Fashion, Fashion. and where can people watch... How do people get to watch this show? Okay, so um, there are a number of shows and the first one is coming up um, on the 17th of March. You can go to um, the website or the Facebook page. That's Perth Modest Fashion Premiere. Um, So that's being organised by my colleague, uh, Imam Faisal Choltia. Um, I myself take care of the business side. So I'm the CEO of the Modest Fashion Project. So while they are interlinked, uh, they are also uh, distinct. 
but that's where they will be showcasing uh, a lot of these brilliant designers, both emerging and established Muslim and, and non-Muslim designers um, who have come on board to either um, adapt their clothing for, for consumers who want to wear uh, clothes that are more modest. And you know what? Even if you took everything away and go, I just want that top and I'll wear it as a dress, go for it. <laughs> Beautiful. It's been so awesome to have you in the studio. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much.